Well, hello there. Hello there. It's me, Gobby, primary host of the Board Game Snobs podcast. This here is a little extra bonus for you. I was on Trevor Franklin's show. Ugh, Trevor. But he doesn't act like a Trevor. He seems like a nice guy. Anyway, I was on his show, The Cardboard Cave. Check that out. Check it out on your podcast aggregators, Cardboard Cave. Give it a listen. But I'm also posting it here because there's some many that uh, may have missed it. And I don't want you to miss anything that I do. Me, me, me. Uh, but it was a nice time. He uh, asked some questions to our Facebook group to ask me, and I answer them. Uh, and then we discuss our favorite two-player games. It's a couple hours worth of listening. So there you go. B-bonus, baby. Have a good day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cardboard Cave. This is episode I don't know what, but it's coming to you now, sort of live from the basement, from the cave. And uh, I'm just not going to waste any time. I'm excited about this episode because I have an actual special guest, not someone I've made up. Um, so the last couple episodes, you know, I've done on my own just here in the basement. And uh, I think that garnered some pity from some people. Uh, and that includes one Mr. Gabby, I'm sorry, Gobby, already screwed up, Moraga. Is it Moraga? Moraga. Thank you, yes. Travis. <laughs> that, Pleasure to be you're, here. You're very welcome, Jim. You're very welcome. <laughs> so Gobby, who's going to have the chance to pimp whatever he wants to, um, just without hesitation, he does with his friend Jerry, my current favorite board game podcast, uh, the Board Game Snobs, which he can tell you about here in a minute, but I just love it. Um, Aaron, and this might be a, this might sound like a, a, a slam against them, but I don't mean it that way. If you can imagine retro bliss, which I think most cardboard cave listeners probably came from retro bliss, the game video game show I do with Johnny. It's like the board game snobs is like retro bliss. If we edited anything and tried to like have a good flow to things, that's, that's kind of what board game snobs is. <laughs> um, I, I just love it's just like two friends hanging out. They're funny, and because we're not we actually, friends, we just podcast together. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's like TV friends. You know, they're not <laughs> real, but well, this has been my favorite podcast, uh, Cardboard Cave, uh, since this episode, and not a well, moment awesome. longer. <laughs> if this was anybody's favorite podcast at this point, I would just seriously question it because <laughs> I've <laughs> I've changed formats every other episode, but I'm going to keep doing it until uh, I find what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you said uh, for, we uh, don't have any sort of format. Or, I mean, I'd edit, no. but we, yeah, we just, uh, no formatting. I yeah, tried, but it, it went to the wayside rather quickly. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. And I know that. I mean, I've done we retro bliss with my friend for, I don't know if it's five or six years now. And we started out doing it every single week. And we we definitely don't do it every week now. But the reason it works is because we just enjoy doing what we do. And we do have something to talk about. But, we don't try to have like a formula or a format that's like forced, but when you're doing it by yourself, you like, you feel this need to, to be a good host or to entertain. And so that's kind of been my problem so far. But not, not being entertaining, not being entertaining, not feeling like <laughs> I, I got to fill dead space. Yeah. I don't know. Just, no, you got dead space is fine. You just edit it all out. Dead space yeah. is fine. Love that little cut button. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Speaking of cut button, 
Uh, tell us about what you do, Gobby. <laughs> uh, uh, what I do on a day-to-day basis? Nothing. Uh, as little as possible. Are you talking about well, work? You know, what do you people, do that gets you all the fans? People, oh, <laughs> uh, drink, fans. drink and drink and drink some more. <laughs> but I, I, I was on a 30-day fast of alcohol, so I, I managed Ooh. to do that. I'm not an alcoholic, I'm glad to say. The withdrawals never came. Uh, but now I'm back in business, so we're good to go. <laughs> uh, we, uh, As far as board game snobs are concerned... Check us out at BoardGameSnobs.com. Actually, that's a defunct website. Don't check that out. <laughs> We're on Podbean. Listen to them. Wherever you listen to this, you can listen to them, I'm sure. Wherever this comes out, you're going to get the Board Game Snobs bump on this episode on your Spotify's, your Acast, your Blurberries, your iHeartRadios, your Audibles, whatever. I don't get anything from any of those. We get no, as you said earlier, metrics. I don't think anybody listens to iHeartRadio or Pandora. If they do, they're not listening to us, that's for sure. Spotify. I, I didn't realize Pandora even had podcasts. So that's they do. Oh, I put it on there. I put us everywhere. Nice. You can't get away from us. We are on every <laughs> possible uh, outlet there is. Spotify, uh, Podbean's our host server, or whatever they call that. What do you use? Do you use Podbean? So <laughs> I've, I've told you I'm very technologically impaired, and I've been able to stay that way because when we started Retro Bliss years ago, we were a couple idiots talking into a microphone and our good friend, Chris, who lives in New York, we don't even see him in person. He puts them out for us. He hosts them. It's the <laughs> BICBP network, back <laughs> issues, comic book podcast. And I've never been able to say it right, but it's BICBP. Um, there's all kinds of podcasts on there and I'm a terrible partner because I uh, kind of don't, uh, well, I shouldn't say that on here. Uh, <laughs> You don't, I don't you plug don't them listen. like I should. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, yeah. We're part of the Gateway Network as well. And yeah. you know what? They never talk about it. Well, the Gamecasters dig. I don't know if anybody else ever does. So uh, we had on Sheer Boredom. We had on uh, the Meeple Mentor had us on. They're about the only ones that have had us on. So I'm not worried about Gateway Network anymore, Ryan. Yeah. He won't listen to this anyway. Yeah, like I'm, I'm constantly living in mild anxiety over Chris just deciding he's done, and then I'm either got to figure it out or our podcast are over. So, <laughs> now that uh, that anchor, have you heard of anchor? I tried when I started Cardboard Cave. I think the first two episodes were on anchor, and they have polished it up a lot in the last few yeah. months. I think now it's pretty simple. You just put it on there and it, well, I, I don't use it myself, but I was thinking about it for a possible future podcast. I was like, because from what I can tell, you just put your podcast on there and it will publish to like Apple and all that stuff for you. Like it, it seems very yeah. low maintenance. I don't know how well it works, but I do know quite a few podcasts use it. I think the reason I gave up was because at that time, it would never publish my podcast to Apple Podcast. And I thought everybody used Apple Podcast. Yeah. Or at least a lot of people. And I think a lot of people still do. And it never worked. And I contacted Apple and them. And they basically, they both blamed the other. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I just give up then. But I'll be willing to try it again. <laughs> I haven't I haven't actually used it. But when I, I went through the process as if I was going to use it. And it seemed like it was going to publish. Of course, it takes like a few weeks to months to get your Apple stuff going. I don't know why they're so. I guess because they're the number oh, yeah. one podcast aggregator out there. So they have a lot going on, I guess. But anyway, Spotify. <laughs> I'm a Spotify guy. Yeah, I should probably start using. I just used. I'm a man of habit to a very intense fault. I started using Apple Podcasts to begin with, and that's what I use. There's nothing great about it. 
No. I have noticed, and this might be uh, just us because nobody cares, but Retroblist has something like 40 reviews, and that's taken years to get. But in the last year and a half, we've got zero new reviews. Like, I don't know if people just don't review on there anymore. Have you noticed that or... Uh, it's, I have no idea. I think you just have yeah. to remind people constantly. Yeah, and, that's probably it. We're bad at all that. And we don't do that either. I try, um, but... But Board Game Stops isn't your only podcast. I also enjoy The Disagreeable Nerd. Yeah, um, me and, and Chardonnay, indeed. I enjoy that. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, it's the... Although we, we talk about everything on Board Game Snobs, too, but Disagreeable Nerd is strictly TV, film, all that type of stuff. We don't do yeah. board games on there. And the best thing about Disagreeable Nerd is there's no spoilers for anything. (laughs) (laughs) I forget about that little uh, six-letter, seven-letter word, spoiler. Yeah, my bad. One one time, uh, one of the times that I listen to podcasts is when I'm getting in the shower. And, like, I'll have an episode of Disagreeable Nerd, a board game snobs playing. And my Apple podcast will just start playing something seemingly randomly after it's done. And so then it'll start a Disagreeable Nerd episode and, like, Oh, great. They're talking about this movie that came out two weeks ago. And then you start immediately into spoilers. And I'm just like <laughs> and yelling, trying Everybody's not to hear because I'm in the shower. I can't turn it off. <laughs> Everybody's dead. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, Disagreeable Nerd is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, that's pretty much all you do as far as uh, the, yeah. the media side of things. Yeah. I mean, we, we have Instagram and board game snobs, Twitter, board game snobs. I, I try to put stuff on there, but we've had the same we've had the same follower account on Instagram for like five years now. So oh I don't. Gosh. It's a, it seems very difficult. You have to be like that. Like has to be your life, just posting stuff. And yes. we get together once a month to play games. So it's like I try to store up a bunch of pictures and release them, even though I'm like, hey, this picture was taken two months ago. They'll never know. Yeah, but you know, so- just something for content. You know, I was really jealous of how often y'all put out episodes because, like, man, how do they get together every week? You know, yeah. And uh, I'm a little less jealous knowing you kind of cram it all into one day. Yeah. Well, I actually got that. I think a long time ago when we used to listen to a little show called The Dice Tower, I remember him saying they would (laughs) they would (laughs) record a couple at a time. And then I talked when I started Disagreeable Nerd. I talked to this other nerd. type podcast guy and he's like oh yeah we record like several and we bank them because we do try to put them out but if you don't you'll have something you know in the bank that you can post so yeah we get together about once a month if something crazy if i call in sick for a day of work we'll get together and uh (laughs) record another one but yeah we usually try to get like three or four recorded in one day which is pretty difficult but yeah that's (laughs) <laughs> when we used to do retro blist every week, we drove, one of us drove to the other's house. We were playing old video games. So I'm usually lugging along like a super Nintendo and games and controllers every week. And we never thought to just record. This <laughs> <at the> time. <laughs> we're doing this every freaking week. <laughs> and it's no wonder we eventually stopped. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. And we were, we we're serious about it. Like, oh, we got to put out an episode this week. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, it's not in the last second. <laughs> it is very nice to stay current on, you know, topics because, like, something will come up in the board gaming world and we'll be like, oh, yeah, let's discuss it. And when we put it out, it's like everybody's forgot about it. They've done moved on to the next crisis or whatever's going oh, on. Yeah. Uh, 
or we get emails and it's like, oh yeah, they sent us this email two months ago. Let's read it. And so it's, it's, it, yeah. it, it's not the best way to go, but you know, it works. Yeah. I, I don't get, uh, obviously sent any games for this podcast, but occasionally I'll buy a game that is kind of the new hotness. And I'm like, okay, I'm could actually talk about something on the podcast that everybody's talking about. And then by the time I record, it's like, nobody even cares anymore. Yeah. They've done moved on. They've moved on yet yeah, to the next one. Um, so I, w- I was going to ask you, like, and I think I already know the answer, but what is the secret to just making sure you don't start going like two months, three months without seeing each other and playing games? Like, there's something you or Jerry does to just make sure it happens at least, you know, once a month. Uh, I, I specifically take a day off of work. Like I have yeah. a I'd, I take off the first Friday of every month. Oh, wow. Uh, for other things as well, if you know, like I needed a doctor's appointment and yeah. uh, I kind of do stuff for my dad now that he's a widower and I run him around and we'll go to doctor's appointments. But generally, we're able to, it's just an open day. So we're able to get together and record an episode and play games. So that's our set day. And actually, like today, Jerry will be over here momentarily after this podcast, probably because he just texted. He's like, his kids are going somewhere. Jerry's kids are the problem. If we can just get rid of his kids, yeah, we could do so much more. Those kids. But anyway, he's dropping his kids off at a uh, actually Enrique's sister's house. They're going to spend the night with uh, Enrique's sister, and he's like, "I'm getting rid of the kids. I'm going to come over." So hopefully, we'll get an an extra day in there. And uh, like, I've got. Two podcasts in the bank, so we're good for a couple of weeks till the next time we get together. But we need like one more episode to bite us the time till we get together again. So we'll probably record an episode today. I think we're going to try and discuss Crescent City Cargo. We just Jerry got that in some time ago with the Kickstarter. Oh, I'm actually interested in that one. It's it's a very pleasant game. We were we we're. Uh, it's not the prettiest game to the eyes. It's very brown, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's a very nice game. That's a spoiler uh, Dinger, alert, right? Jason Dinger. Is that? Yeah. Jason Dinger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh crap. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so inside baseball, we have, uh, my wife calls them sprigates. I don't think that's really what they're called. They're like camel crickets, little nasty brown they got, crickets. They, they drink water, got humps. Yeah, I guess Why so. they're, camel oh, cricket? they're disgusting. <laughs> where, get, you, where do you live at? You in Kentucky? North Carolina. Ah, okay. I don't know. It's your voice. It's basically Kentucky. Your voice. <laughs> it's Eastern Kentucky. Your voice yeah. uh, made me think Kentucky for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. We've we've been to Kentucky quite a bit, and uh, to us, certain parts of Kentucky feels more southern than North Carolina. Oh yeah. Even though it's northern technically. Deep down us, in but, the hollers, you don't want to go there. Yeah, the hollers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these sprigates—they just started appearing in the basement, and I think it's because it got too humid down here. Uh, anyways, they're nasty. They're disgusting. One jumped on my leg. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, each year, out. each year, there seems to be some new infestation. Like, you know, when, when summer starts coming on one year, it's like locusts. The next year it's grasshoppers. <laughs> the next year it's crickets. Often yeah. sometimes it's the, uh, we call them June bugs. I think they're yeah. mayflies. Yeah. What do you want to call it? There's like a new gross insect that comes in yeah. hordes every once. Like what insect's going to come in hordes this year? My favorite infestation is ladybugs, but they're still terrible. Oh, yeah, they, 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 the way they clump up just creeps me out, oh, though. Yeah, I can't handle the clumps. Clumps no. of insects is just, ugh, that's what no, horror gross. movies are made of. Horror, yes, not horror. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, if you got uh, Jerry coming over, I don't want to hold you too long. No, no, but, he ain't gonna be over till later. Don't worry about okay, Jerry. Cool. I do want to uh, not ignore the board game snobs fans questions <laughs> because since I don't really, I don't know how to do Facebook. Obviously, we have the I same Facebook followers Facebook. we've had since I don't know when on on both on Retro Bliss especially. Um, and cardboard cave, like I've just never really tried because I can tell that <laughs> I don't know how to get followers. Um, but well, I do know how to is work and I'm not putting the work in. Uh, you don't care see. to, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I don't care. to. <laughs> oh, that, that was, that's what I was saying that the secret to y'all getting together, I think every month is, is having a plan and sticking to it. Yeah. Kind of pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my problem. Jerry Jones to play games, which I enjoy playing games. A lot, obviously, but I also enjoy the podcasting. So it's like he likes the board yeah. gaming. I like the podcasting. So we usually end up making it work somehow. I could see that there really is a there really is a lot of parallels to me and Johnny. Um, he uh, he's in some ways more Jerry because I get kind of into things and want to talk about them. Um and he kind of shuts me down. I feel like Jerry shuts you down a little bit, but it works both ways for y'all. I think you shut each other down sometimes, but it's definitely a one way street for us. I'm abused and uh, <laughs> taken advantage of. Wait, do you, are you more into, are you more into video games? Like, which are you more passionate about? I'm definitely more passionate about board games. Uh, okay. Um, at least if you're talking about modern video games, uh, I have a switch and that's all I have. You know, I play, a lot of the modern video games I play are sort of old school style games. Um, So I play, I still play like, we don't just do the podcast. I still play old games, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Um, Do you have those devices or do you use like a simulator? I I do have all those devices, but at this point they're boxed up because they start to get a little frustrating after a while. (laughs) Uh, Like modern TVs don't like them, you know, just get finicky. So I sort of have one system that plays all of them now. It's uh, it's, a, it's like a monstrosity. That was Frankie. I think it's Frankie uh, from Superboard. He messaged me. They, they he got sold on some little box. It's like the just you know the little game box, and it supposedly had all the games of like yeah all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I'm so excited. I said, uh, call me back in six months. Let me know if that thing's still working because he bought it for like forty bucks, and I was like, hmm, yeah, not sure about that. That's somebody that just basically bought a. a little emulation box and called it a game system. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. How it's supposed out. to be legit. He said, but I was like, yeah. mm, we'll see. No, there's no game company. Cause these like Nintendo still holds licenses for pretty much all their games. There's no way they're going to give them to somebody else to put out. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more passionate about board games, but as I complain often, and like you said, children are the problem, but <laughs> <laughs> they are ever since we've had our son and he is, truly we're lucky he is the easiest little kid but it's hard for us to play a game together because once he goes to bed it's about time for me to go to bed because i get up early for work um right, so right now what do you do for work games i'm an rn i work in the oh, operating that's right. room. yeah mm. sometimes i wish i didn't but <laughs> that's what i do right now but i have fairly normal hours uh because operating rooms not they do surgeries you know if there's emergencies but basically i work normal daytime hours i just go in early um but yeah, it's just hard to fit in a game before he goes to bed, so we do what we can. How old is he? Uh, he's two, a little bit over two now. Mm. And literally, I think I started Cardboard Cave 
within a couple of weeks of the time he was born. So it was great timing. On my <laughs> Bad decisions. <laughs> yes. That's why it's been the most sporadic podcast ever. Uh, but I went to the board game snobs uh, Facebook page and I posed a question to board game snobs listeners, which is kind of backwards. <laughs> How dare you? But, but nobody would have responded on the cardboard cave page. It would have been maybe one person. Well, we're not. We're, we have like, I think, well, we just crossed 300 like yesterday. Yeah. And I, I find it interesting how difficult it is to get. I don't know how to encourage people to interact. It's because it's the same no. thing with like, I mean, you can look at your listener count, but you'll get 1% of people from that that actually engage with you. And even on Facebook group, it's like we have 300 people, but literally like maybe 10 people actually interact on a regular basis. Yes. It's got to the point it's ridiculous. Sometimes I just want to to get really inside, we're, we're pretty honest, me and Johnny on our podcast, but according to the numbers, the metrics, we have 10 times the listeners to retro bliss. We did even a year and a half ago, but the interaction is dried up to almost nothing. <laughs> we have the same few people that literally have been with us from the start. And they're still interacting. Yeah. Nobody's leaving. So I don't know, like, does just nobody interact? I mean, or are the metrics just totally wrong? I don't know. I, but, I've, I've heard all that stuff. Like, uh, there's depending on who you use there they seem to do a lot of fudging with some stuff Podbean yeah. even like redid their whole thing they're like okay now these are the actual numbers don't you know so i don't like who knows who knows how they calculate yeah. that stuff i really don't well i think kind of like you i say i really don't care but i still check every but other you day do. If we have any new reviews cause, cause <laughs> i, I don't care, care but it hurts my <laughs> I mean, heart when i do I mean, I, I don't care that there's only one Cardboard K review on Apple Podcasts, and it was by a guy named Trevor. I really don't care. <laughs> and then and then uh, Trevor 1, Trevor 2, Trevor A. Yeah. Travis. You need to put Travis in there. <laughs> this is how pathetic I am. On Retro Bliss, I'm like, wait a minute. My wife listens to it, so why don't you leave us a review? She's yeah. like, I don't know. I just don't leave reviews. So I left us a review under her name and wrote it as her, so that's how pathetic I am. It counts. But, it, counts it counts, though. Yeah. But on the Board Game Snobs Facebook page, I just said, hey, do you have any basically dirty questions for Gobby? I didn't quite word it that way, but uh, Ron Maxwell said uh, he wants to know what you daydream about while you drive your truck for work. Oh, it's a lot. It just varies. Uh, I mean, uh, most of it's anxiety. I'm thinking about yeah. my issues and problems and, yeah. oh, I've got this to worry about. And what about this bill? And uh, am I going to get this edited on the pod? And that, you know what? Editing and podcasting is an anxiety. Like I'm trying to think yeah. of, I have so many days to get this edited and, and my days off, I don't want to spend them editing. I want to relax, yeah. watch TV, play a game, but no, I'm usually spending them editing. And if I didn't care so much about editing, and I do take out the, all the, uh, as most of the ums and ahs and blank spots as I can, like every little spot, it probably wouldn't be such a headache. I just need to be more uh, relaxed and just don't worry about it. But I don't know. I'm just kind of, <laughs> I hate to use the word anal in any situation, but I, I'm kind of <laughs> anal when it comes to that. So it's just. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, I mean, it real uh, that's I've <laughs> driving is not good for a person with anxiety issues because it literally yeah. just provides you all the time in the world to think about all of these things that will never happen to you, but you I worry about them anyway, you know, that's mm. the way it goes. But uh and then I daydream and uh, it's 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 a it's a that's why I listen to so many podcasts because it to distract me. 
And I do. I listen to upwards of eight to 12 hours a day of podcasts. Oh, wow. So I, that's exactly what I would do if I, I, I have I to, I, yeah. I, I don't do, I used to listen to music some, but music is so repetitive on, and of course now I can, you know, use a Spotify or whatever, but yeah. I couldn't tell you what the new hits are. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what's in the top 100 of, um, what is that billboard? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, I'm a podcast guy, and now uh, I've downloaded a few books to Audible. So I, yeah. I basically try to distract myself somewhere or another. So this is how bad I've gotten. When I'm going to the bathroom, I pull my phone out and start a podcast. Like, just... Yeah, I'm I the same the way. Space. I take a shower. I stand to think. Yeah, yeah, a shower. Every time. <laughs> my, my, my wife is dumb. She's like, you're obsessed. You have to have something on all the time. I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't like dead air. Even when I'm not yeah. on the air, I don't like dead air. I didn't used to be that way, but I totally am that way now. And it's, I think anxiety just over years and years. <laughs> so another, like, uh, just to make this a really fun podcast, a couple of fun things Gobby and I both share in common is we're both, and I don't want to put this on Gobby, but I'd say a little bit out of shape. Um, how dare you? I, I personally am on three different blood pressure medications and here recently they don't seem to be doing the job. So that's great. Um, so there's anxiety over that, you know, now that I have a son, uh, I particularly want to die young. <laughs> I could die at any moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's I what, you know, that's what's frustrating <laughs> is I know, okay. A long time ago, this is kind of dark, but a long time ago, my wife worked at uh, the bank where we used to live in another town. They had a new employee. He was a nice, he was a younger kid, but he, he had a wife and a kid. I say him a kid, but he was 24. He was 24 years old. He was a big, tall fella. And and he was not, I guess he would be technically overweight, but he was nowhere like my size. He was just, you know, kind of had a belly. He's a little bit round in the face. Anyway, none of that really matters because (laughs) he was going down the road, going down the country road. He came back from a, uh, what do they call that? Where they have like the pancake suppers? Out oh, or Kaya, Kaya something. Kia. Oh, something with a K. Anyway, some sort of club, you know. Oh, okay. He's a on Kiwana his. club? <laughs> huh? A Kiwana club? Kiwana, yes, that. I don't really know what that is, but I've heard of them. That had a Kiwana's club pancake <laughs> supper. He was okay. going home from that. Literally just died driving his truck. Something weird happened to his heart, crashed into a tree, dead. And so that's like, it was awful. It was awful. Cause like Gina's like one day he, she's at work with him. The next day he's gone. But that just, I'm like, yeah. that doesn't help a person with anxiety, especially like uh, me, morbidly obese. I'm like, I'm already fat. My heart's already working overtime, yeah. but it don't matter if I'm even somewhat skinnier because my heart may just decide to stop or it may just get an aneurysm. Yeah. I often, I've, I, Ryan Maxwell, this is what I fear about driving down the road by myself, eating a cheeseburger and choking and there's no one around to help me. Yeah. Like I fear, yeah. what if I just start choking and I'm driving a truck? I'm dead. I'm dead. And no one will ever yeah. know except this fat sucker was chewing a cheeseburger and died because he couldn't know how to swallow right. <laughs> so this is this is added to my anxiety. It's not to have somebody in your life that cares, but it really has added to my anxiety. I I'm I can become very uh almost like a sloth, like you know, I just I kind of settle in. I might put my headphones in and I, I don't make any sound. You know, I'm one of those people that can disappear in a room. And so like sometimes when I go to the bathroom or go downstairs 
after a while of not hearing me, my wife will start banging on the door asking if I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why would I be I'm okay? Not, I'm not dead yet. She's literally, she's literally making sure I haven't died. <laughs> like she's, she's told me, she's told me she worries about that. And that just makes me feel really good. It's a concern. I mean, yeah, I mean, I good grief. I, I have anyways. A, I have another good friend, like the most healthiest person probably in our lives as friends, jogs miles every day, literally ate like organic, you know, as organic as you can. She has cancer now. And it's like, what? it's just, of course, I know these are not excuses for me to just continue abusing my body. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. I mean, not to get really morbid, but my mom's whole family besides her, has like smoked their whole lives, been in and out of the hospital, um, just had different things going on. Two of her brothers have had heart attacks, you know, not fairly young. But mom was never in the hospital for anything. And then she got cancer out of nowhere and she was the first to die out of all of her siblings. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> let's continue the death podcast. Let's yeah, do that. So, so here's some other people who've died who are close to me. <laughs> who else is close to me that's uh, terminally ill? <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of ways you can die no i'm just kidding um <laughs> let's go on to michael vanoy what does dan hughes call michael vanoy tanoy vanoy yeah there you go what movie do you wish your life was like oh dead like- huh <laughs> i said dead like me uh, uh i wish i had looked at these beforehand I didn't either. Um, movie, let's see. Well, there's got to be something on. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep it clean. Let's see. Uh, that's a that's an interesting question. I mean, I could go for you know, uh, 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 <laughs> the sinful pleasures. What movie do I go for in this regard? <laughs> Drugs. Most of those end in tragedy. <laughs> And he had gonorrhea. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go that, I, I, I like the uh, whole, of course, I love sci-fi. I love time travel. It's like if you could time travel yeah. back to the future style and go check out, you know, you know, go see who your grandma was when she was 18 or something, you know, interesting like that with your family or just go back to any time period in your life. Bill and Ted style. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. There you go. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe. Just hop in with my friends and go in time anywhere I want and having a good time doing it. Yes. <laughs> Nostalgia for those times kind of makes me sad now. <laughs> Just uh, when, I don't know, I saw a post the other day. It said, uh, and this really hit me hard. I think it was supposed to be funny, but it just made me completely sad. Said, uh, <laughs> what did it say? It said, it's 1998. You just spent the last 24 hours playing Goldeneye for N64 and eating pizza with your friends. Oh, you yeah. don't know it now, but this is as good as life ever gets. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. But what's that anyway. movie? What's that movie? Or I, I don't know if it's a movie or TV show. It's the whole, uh, too bad you don't know you're in the good old days when you're in them. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I remember that. That's, one, a, that's a movie or a phrase somewhere. And there's another one that hit me hard recently. It's uh, it's a stupid meme, but. Like it said, when you were 32, you didn't realize you were actually 28. As soon as you turned 37, you didn't realize you were 50 or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's very true for me, too. Like, I started falling apart about 35. Um, but speaking of good things, Rolf Ravendahl, I think I said that wrong, basically said, is there a certain mechanic 
that when you know a game has it, you already know you're probably not going to like the game. In general, I don't like negotiation. I hate negotiation because I'm not good at talking. I'm not an articulate with my words. (laughs) Uh, I'm not very persuasive. Uh, But one of my favorite games is Lords of Vegas, which has that in it. But you don't really have to do it. It's just oftentimes I just let uh jerry or bubba or whoever approach me and want that tract of land i'm like well what can you give me for it so uh whereas the straight up negotiation yeah. like jerry likes that china chinatown hate that game absolutely cosmic encounter yeah hate cosmic encounter for more than that i hate cosmic encounter because of the stupid my card trumps your card aha uh-huh, no i got this other oh, card yeah. then this other card and it's just a never-ending card slam and I, yeah i would i would go with negotiation overall though I know these are my questions, but what you just said is, I don't know if this is even a mechanism, but for me, it's the one it's take that where like, Oh, you thought you pulled off a good move, but aha, I got this card that beats that. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, take, I, I don't mind take that, but I, I like it to have its limits. But a cosmic encounter yeah. is absolutely insane to me with that. Yeah. Yeah. Just take that. That's random. And you had no way to predict it. Like to me, just pointless. But, uh, Bob, Bob <laughs> said, What's your most embarrassing Jerry story? I, I I saw this question, and I re- honestly don't know. Like you've probably already shared it on board game stubs if there is one. I, bet. I, 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 mean, I, I this is my thing, Bob McBob. If that is your real name, I doubt it. <laughs> Why are you hiding behind that handle? That's my question for you, Bob. Um, <laughs> I have a terrible memory, absolutely atrocious, yeah, and too. I've never been. I've never been. My, I, all my friends, it seems like every time through each era of my life, my friends at the time, they're that guy. They remember the stories and they're the storytellers. And one time we were doing this and then they recall stuff from five years ago. I can't. I can't remember. I honestly said this yesterday. I, was, I can't remember yesterday. I don't know. I can yeah. vaguely remember some stuff, uh, you know, not with Jerry in regards to Jerry. Uh, embarrassing story. I don't quite know if he means embarrassing for Jerry, embarrassing for me. I don't know. Uh, Jerry I think just he meant for Jerry, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I just I really don't know. But Jerry is embarrassing in the fact that he does ha- he has no filter uh, <laughs> because of his. Uh, we've discussed this before. He's he's on the spectrum, and he just sometimes his social cues aren't there, so he will just spout off and talk and crack jokes. And but he is also not afraid to. I am super shy when I'm not with my friends or yeah. on a podcast. I'm super shy. I'm like, I'm, if I'm in the room and there's somebody that's cracking up, I, I go ahead, crack your jokes. You, I, I'm not the spotlight guy. Yeah. Jerry is Jerry loves. Yeah. He will come into a room and just, and he will start talking and rah, rah, I mean, he just walk even in him in my own home. He'll walk into the living room when my wife is watching TV. Why are you watching? Where are you? I mean, he just starts talking and she's yeah. like, go in there, Jerry, go to Gabby. I don't want to hear you talking right now. He just talks to anybody and everybody, no matter where he's at. So we go to a BGG cons and we'll hop in the elevator and 
There might be uh, one time there was like, I think Bruno Cathala was the guy in the elevator. And he just starts talking to Bruno and cracking jokes. And and sometimes his jokes are awkward, not that funny, but he's just <laughs> saying them. And he's like, you know, on open mic night in the elevator and he's looking for laughs. <laughs> and I'm just shrinking in the corner because I just, that stuff just, it makes yeah. me cringe. My skin crawls. I can't handle that kind of attention. Yeah. Even when it's not on me, but I'm like, I'm with this guy. No, I'm not with yeah. this guy. That's Jerry. I'm over here. But I, I wish I was more like that. I wish I was more outgoing, but I'm not. I never have been. I'm 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 very reserved and shy. If if we were to meet at a, a con, it would take several games for me to actually warm up to somebody. But yeah. initially, I, I just I'm I don't know. It's a I'm, I've always been shy. I'm the guy, I'm the kid that hid behind his mama's skirt anytime you know we went anywhere and talked to anybody. I uh, I identify with that very much. I've been, t- <laughs> I'm so bad. I think it's actually gotten worse as I get older, because now I'm not. I'm not even ashamed of the fact that I'm not like a social butterfly. I just is who I am. And so at work, I'll do my job. You know, I'm in the room, and then I don't hang out in the break room. I go to lunch alone. <laughs> we said you might be my twin brother because that's exactly I, how I, I am. So. I think so. It's to the point that people told me because this is a tight grip poop group of people that work together like oh trevor i didn't know you're working this week <laughs> and, it's, and it's friday <laughs> it's like yeah uh somebody told me just yesterday that i was like a ninja they didn't know i came in the room i'd just rather not be seen or heard that's just how i am that's that's the way i with my friends i'm the opposite i'm you know yeah, yeah. you know have a good time gregarious you might say but at my <laughs> every job i've ever been at i'm the quiet guy and it's like yeah. for my friends when I tell my family and friends, yeah, they say at work, oh, I've never heard Gobby talk so much. You're like, really? So my friends and family are shocked yeah. that I'm a quiet guy. And yeah. if the work people were ever to see me with my family and friends, they wouldn't recognize me. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very, it's very weird. That's, yeah, I think we might be twins. That's me exactly. Um, but I've lost my place, so I'm stalling. Jesse Welch. Uh, asked a very kind question. This is a very kind hearted question. Uh, basically, do you wish Jerry was better at teaching games? <laughs> he thinks this about his friends all the time. He says, <laughs> uh, I, as, uh, uh, Jerry has many faults, but teaching games is not one of them, unfortunately. Okay. He is, he's very good. And I can't say anything because I hate reading the books and I hate learning and I hate teaching. So, uh, Jerry, usually the only thing about Jerry teaching a game that I do hate is he seems to forget who he's dealing with. And you can teach me a game. <laughs> I will instantly forget it. I have to play a few rounds to get the, the the jive of the game. I will not remember every detail you told me. And don't get mad at me when I don't, because you gave me a yeah. lot of information to remember. So I can't remember everything. I have to play at least a round or two before I'm like, oh, okay, now I get the game. I'm a, I'm a hands-on kind of guy when it comes to learning a game. So I always teach the games. It's just how it is. And it's to the point now that, and Jerry might be this way, that it really throws me off if somebody else is teaching the game. Um, but what I've had to learn and humble myself about is that, like you, I don't think I really learn well from people explaining a game. I have to start playing it. And so it's really been a humbling experience because I've been so frustrated trying to teach a game, and I feel like nobody's listening, nobody's paying attention. <laughs> And then I was, I'm a really bad learner myself. So yeah, that's, 
Well, I mean, I, but, I yeah. require both because I do need you to tell me how the game works. Yeah, and then yeah. 50 to 75% of that will stick with me. I, I need that to start the game. Obviously, I'm not one of those people that's yeah. like, let's just start the game because I know how irritating yeah, that yeah. is. No, I have to know how it starts. I have to know how it plays before I can yeah. start it. So teach me the game, but don't get mad at me when I ask a, a follow-up question, even though you may have already told me. You can just say, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I know you probably don't remember that because I gave you a lot of information. Don't deride me for not remembering <laughs> that minute detail you mentioned among the thousands of others. Sorry, I don't remember. No, I think, yeah, uh, if you're a good person, um, you should never get mad at somebody for asking a question. <laughs> but I have gotten mad, and this has happened more than I care to admit, when it's near the end of a game and I do something and somebody's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I told you this rule, and they swear I didn't tell them. That gets to me. Yeah. No, I'm not cheating. I told you this rule. Yeah. But, yeah, no, please ask questions. That's my theory. Um, But... I think that was all the questions. Did you have a question for uh, the listeners or anybody? <laughs> um, um, why do you listen to this podcast? And if you enjoy it, why aren't you leaving reviews on Apple? That's my question. Um, well, nobody heard that. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You'll get the BGS bump. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to check them stats. Check them stats. I'm interested to see uh, the five or six extra downloads you get. And those will be I'm, me. I'm going to download several times just to make myself look good. Don't worry. Just just use different devices. On every plat, different yeah. devices, every platform. Here come. You're going to get your first download from Pandora. Don't worry. <laughs> nice. We have a Pandora listener. <laughs> so, I am no joke. Truly, the worst self promoter to the point that we were doing the Retro Bliss podcast for I think three years before Johnny finally convinced me. Let's do a Patreon, and. And I don't think you guys do Patreon still, but I think you probably have a few faithful who would donate. But the reason that we have any faithful listeners on Retro Blist is because I went to another podcast that I was a fan of and basically found a way to shield myself because I don't know how to do it myself. Like, so basically, I'm just saying that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use re- uh, board game snobs to just pimp myself out completely. That's okay. That's what you got to do. I, we, I had on a, a, a guy that uh, I don't know if you. It was, uh, oh my gosh, James Kincaid of uh, Best Damn Nerd Show. I had him on our show. And he's very smooth and he's very, uh, he knows what he's doing. Because Jerry's like, I think he said Best Damn Nerd Show like 10 times in the first 10 minutes of the show. He was really shilling his own show. I'm like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I don't, I only shill, like I've shilled Retro Bliss on this show. And the only people who listen to those show already listen to Retro Bliss. That's how stupid I am. Um, I never, I never shield on a show where it matters. Um, so when I first said I was going to have you on, I wanted to have a topic because frankly, just talking about one game gets kind of boring. <laughs> you got to kill time <laughs> somehow. Yes. And so I said, Hey, let's talk about expansions. And you said, Trevor, that's a great idea. I don't play expansions. Not really. Uh, yeah. So. Um, There's so a few do- along that line, uh, the expansions we do play. Jerry has just added them in like Eclipse, yeah. and I think Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, actually, we haven't played the Star Wars Rebellion. We played that after. Anyway, there's like two expansions that are like essential that like upgrade the game and fixed something. But Jerry yeah. has just added that in, and I couldn't tell you what it was. So 
and the expansions that yeah. we we bought the Masters of Renaissance for Lorenzo Il Magnifico, and I was just like, it doesn't really. Do, it, it added another tower. That's great, but I, we don't like the asymmetrical start off. We don't like asymmetrical powers generally in general. But expansions to me are a. We don't play. We don't. We should, but we're the pe- we don't get to play games so thoroughly where we're like this needs an expansion i I need the variability of an expansion and oftentimes the expansions just add bloat that we don't care for so it's just like i don't yeah i'm not an expansion guy so i've i might still do this as a future episode but i think i've pretty much come around to that myself i've looked at games on my shelf that i'm pretty sure i don't play anymore because I got the expansion and added it in, and now it's just bloated. I'm like, it's more work. <laughs> it's more yes, work to set it exactly. Up. It's more work to learn it. It's more work to separate out the expansion if you don't want it. So I don't think most people play board games enough to need expansions now. Uh, so yeah, see, I'm, I'm, or they add like a add a fifth player that you don't yeah. need because the game's already too long. Yeah. Uh, uh, we did. Uh, I did get the Prelude expansion for Terraforming Mars, which we rarely play. I just solo it, but that just starts you off with, you know, higher up on your tracks, your manufacturing yeah. tracks, which I like. Uh, but you could easily do that yourself. You know, the beginner one. You start. I think you start off with one manufacturer on on, on everyone anyway. You know, like the beginner level yeah. of that game. Uh, but it's fine. I, I'm literally. I'm looking at my shelf. I bought a Wingspan expansion, the Oceania. Yeah, don't care for. I mean, it adds the it wild card flower. Yeah, it, it didn't. Uh, we don't have expansions. Stuff, it's yeah, more, it doesn't really change the game, and that's the thing. And if the expansions do change the game, that may not be good if you like the game. I we have yeah. several expansions to Anachrony. Anachrony is already a lot. Yeah, and to add in the expansion, I, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe a little card game or something. You know, is fine, yeah. but. We're not expansion people. The board game snobs. So I, I think I've told you that the only one off the top of my head I can think of as far as big games that I think for me is a mandatory expansion. Mandatory is a stupid word. It's a worthwhile expansion is Underwater Cities. But the reason I love that expansion, I've not even played the two parts that actually add gameplay. I just love the game so much. I've simply added in there's more cards. So you see repeats less often. And it upgrades the components. It just makes it more playable. Um, so really, it's still not the fact that it's expansion, but my favorite games, I do want to have the best, smoothest experience possible. So there's a couple expansions like the Prelude for Terraforming Mars that kind of help you have the best experience possible with the game you already like. Um, the Underwater Cities does the same thing. It lets you start off with some stuff. So basically, it's not such a slow start. Um, it gives you the indented player boards where your stuff's not sliding around. But really, as far as adding gameplay, I've not even added in that part of the expansion. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess at the end of the day, the expansion episode was a terrible idea because I don't think I care that much for <laughs> them either. <laughs> so we're doing something else, which I just found out that the Dice Tower literally just released a video probably at the same time I thought this is what we should do, which the Dice Tower's done everything. Um, There's nothing and, new under the sun. No, but I love top 10 lists. And I'm sure Tom Vassell has something to do with that. But I love top 10 list about anything. Um, if I have any interest at all, I love top 10 list. So what we're going to do is <laughs> kind of vaguely our top 10 two-player board games. And I told uh, Gobby he could do whatever he wanted to do. For me, 
um, this was literally looking at my list of games that I've listed as owned in Board Game Geek. And I just thought, do I think two-player is kind of the best way to play that game? Or at least, is it just as good at two as any other count? Some of these are two-player only. Some of these are just, I pretty much play them at two-player. So that's kind of what I did. Is that What did you do? Uh, I, I did lean more towards just two-player only because I do prefer two-player, three-player max on the majority of games we play. Because yeah. longer than that, the, the downtime's too much. Uh, we usually just play three-player, me, Jerry, and Enrique. We oftentimes just play two-player. And uh, there are games that scale very well for two-player, like uh, Vidiculture. You know, you just have one spot. Barony, yeah. you don't put out near as many tiles. There's games that scale well at two-player. They're great. But I was like, well, I mean, that would basically just be my top 10 of all time. Yeah, so right, yeah. I, I just, I would play, I would play my top 10 at two players. I would. Yeah. There's, I mean, unless it has bidding or negotiation, uh, two players is some oftentimes optimal. So the route I went was mainly two player only and or games where it's team versus team, which I don't like because just make yeah. it one versus one. Or one mm -hmm. versus all, uh, that's two-player to me. I totally agree. And I think I only kind of broke that rule in one game. There's one game I probably shouldn't have put on here. I kind of just cheated because I like the game. But if there's a game on here that plays multiple players, it's kind of just known that it's really just better with two. Um, so, yeah. Uh, number 10. I did these 10 to 1 because I think that's how a top 10 list should be done. Would you like to go first with your number 10? My number 10 is a game I don't often get to play, but I enjoy it very much. And I, I actually, I meant to look at the box to see if it is more players than this. I think it is. But Run, Fight, or Die Reloaded is a very Walking Dead style game. You're fighting off the zombies and you're just back and forth and you can hit them with the baseball bat, shoot them with the gun. And basically, but basically you can drive them off your side of the board onto your opponent's side of the board. So you're basically pushing them off of your stuff into your opponent's territory and they have to deal with them. And I, I like the die rolling. I like the different options it gives you. And there are some abilities in there as well. I forget what they are, but uh, it's, I think it may be more than two player, but you do have to have your boards like you push off to your opponent's board. So two player is optimal because you don't need more than that. I think the only, uh, somehow the only zombie game I've ever played, and I'm blanking on the name now, it's from quite a few years ago. It was a big one, not alone in the dark. That's <laughs> Shoot, not dead of night. What was it called? I, I can see it in my head. It was very thematic. Zombicide? No, it was even before that. Oh. Anyways, I guess it doesn't matter. But my list is very... Uh, I dead of winter? Into, no, it was before that. Shoot. Uh, okay. No, I'm not I'm not big on the zombie theme. I mean, it's yeah. been done to death. <laughs> and I just mm. I, I just don't care. I just zombies are not my thing. Cthulhu is not my thing. I don't care, but yeah. I enjoy this game. And plus it has little minis that are pretty kind of cool, little plastic cheap ones, but it looks good too. So most there's not any zombie games on my list for one reason. Most of my two-player games are played with my wife. Um, I've, we don't play as many as I'd like to now, now that our son has been born. That's um, terrible. Um, <laughs> but still, most of my two-player only games, because like me and my brother, he has two kids. Ugh. 
So, God. like, we don't play games anymore, really. Unless what are y'all thinking over there in North Carolina? What are y'all doing? I know, just something in the water. But so, but my number 10 is a game that I've not played with my wife and I've not played in years, which is why it's at number 10. But I do think it's just a ton of fun. And that's Memoir 44, the game that some people don't want to call war game because it's basically, really, it's a card playing and dice rolling game. Um, and it has literally been more than eight years since I played this because we've been married for eight years, which is just it's sad to think how long it's been since I played some of the games on my shelf. But I remember the first time I played this game, I thought, this is just fun. Like, it's just, it just works so smoothly. And you get to move tanks and artillery and little dudes on a map without actually learning a complicated game. It takes 30 to 40 minutes to play. You can play rules, Team Overlord, where you can play with up to eight people. But it's, it's really a two-player game. Um, and it's just a shockingly beautiful game. Like, I just remember at the time, especially... It was Days of Wonder, and it's just like, this is a World War II game, but it's somehow very colorful and just looks good. Um, I actually would like to play it again, and I think my wife would actually enjoy it, even if she doesn't care about the thing, just because it is a fun game. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I, I, and that's the whole thing where it, quote-unquote, plays up to four, or if you do the Overlord. I think Jerry said he did the Overlord thing one time, and it was very fun, because you're not supposed to communicate with the people next to you. Yeah. And like he had a partner that did absolutely stupid, insane stuff. And he's like, think of what he, he got absolutely irate and angry with his partner. But, uh, but just the base game. Yeah. One versus one. I agree. I have a hard time believing Jerry got upset at anybody. But continue. <laughs> he's so pleasant. Usually <laughs> number nine, number nine. I have played, uh, one time, but it's fairly recent. So I have, decent memory of it and that is watergate by capstone Uh. i think capstone's on a row everything they seem to produce is pretty nice but uh this is just a tug of war push and pull of the whole watergate scandal with nixon and you're either nixon trying to silence everybody or you're the the press trying to get it out to the people and it was a very interesting game and it was unique to me i haven't played a game like it uh I just like it a lot. Watergate. So I just picked this up. Well, it's probably been a couple months at this point at my local Barnes and Noble. I'm really excited to play it. Um, I always wanted to play uh, Twilight Struggle, mm. but I just felt like it might be. A I've big never played ask. that one. Uh, we played like the 13 days, which was supposed to be like yeah. a very streamlined version, which I didn't really care for, but. Uh, Twilight Struggle, uh, after playing, it was like 13, and they come up with one even shorter. But those yeah. two games, I wasn't fond of them, which kind of gave me the impression I probably really wouldn't like Twilight Struggle. It's just not my style of game. Yeah. But Watergate. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. I do have it. But um, I think Watergate I'm, does have some similar things where like you play a card and your opponent can do something on the card you play, if I'm okay. remembering correctly. I mean, And it's kind of... It. Is it kind of, I know Twilight Struggle, one thing that sounds like, unlike any game I've played, and I don't know if I would like it, is that you kind of just have to know what's in the game to be able to play it well. Yeah, that's what I've always heard. Like, yeah, you can, they've made very clear the podcasts I listen to, if you go down a particular route, it will screw you in the end because of the way the game play goes. So if you don't know the game, then you're going to lose if you play some way that does. It's kind of like life, really. I mean, true. But my number nine is sitting here on my desk in front of me because it's too big to fit on my shelves right now. Um, 
I've spent more on this game than any other game to the point that I feel uh, kind of shameful about it. Um, and it's my number nine because it is such a uh, not a hurdle. It's such a, a barrier to entry to get back into it, even though I know how to play it. And that's Lord of the Rings, the living card game. Um, you know, Fantasy Flight does a whole line of these living card games. This is the one I got, and it is, I mean, of this handful of Lord of the Rings games I played, it is by far the most thematic. It is so thematic. Uh, it's just dripping with theme, even though it's just cards. Um, but it's a big, it's 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 a heavy game, like heavier than you would imagine from being a card game. And it's um, brutally hard. That You know, a Dark Souls video game, I don't know if you've heard of that, that people talk about. I've heard of it, but I, I have nothing. I don't have no knowledge of it. It's, it's it's a game that's just punishing until you know what to do, and this is that way. Like if you build a deck thinking this will be good, you know, I'll put some elves and I'll put Bilbo here and whatever, um, you just get crushed. Like it's it's meant for you to fail and fail and fail, and then you start figuring it out. But it is dripping with theme. It's uh, it technically plays up to four, but it's a two player game. It's um. It's it's it has this feel of combat and tension and anxiety that it's it feels to me like a truly it feels like a big board game with with miniatures and just battle yet it's just cards in front of you like it's it's kind of amazing that way um, but it's a big buried entry and if you're an obsessive person like I tend to be you can spend way too much money but Lord of the Rings the Living Card Game is sort of the ultimate. Well, there's also War of the Ring, but I've yeah. not played War of the Ring. For me, it's the ultimate Lord of the Rings game uh, until I play War of the Ring. I haven't so played either, so. Yeah. And if you're not, yeah, I, I have a hard time even telling people to get into it because it's it's, it's a big barrier to entry, and then you got to decide how much of it you're going to buy because you could spend $10,000 if you wanted to, probably, or close to it, which is insane. Yeah, no. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Hana Makoji. It's a simple card game. Yes. I think you get three or four actions on your turn period, and it's just card manipulation, I guess is the word. Uh, you can either choose two cards, you can discard a card, you can trade cards, but literally there's, I can't remember if there's three or four, I was sitting right here in front of me. I could reach over and grab it, but you have three or four actions on your turn and you just go back and forth between you and your opponent and you're vying for control of, of these cards in the middle. They've changed the theme now to something else. I forget what it is, but uh, this game has geishas in it. They changed the theme to something different now, but just it's a card you're vying for these cards in the center for control the first person to either i think like 11 points or four cards something like i'm doing a terrible job of explaining the game <laughs> but it's a it is strictly two player but it's very thinky you're trying to see think what your opponent's going to do and the the order in which you do your actions is very important it, it's a it's a great Two-player fast card game, Hanamakoji. So as soon as you said it, I knew it sounded familiar, and uh, that's because this is another game I bought and haven't played yet because I'm a loser. Yeah, it looks great. It's very nice. And, uh, 
And uh, the Geisha theme, I guess, throws some people off because it looks like uh, people rethemed it a bunch of different things, just like his fan themes. Yeah, but, yeah. Anyways, my number eight is kind of my one cheat on the list, and I kind of regret putting it on here. But it's called Trains, so it's the most exciting name ever. And Trains is the game that when it came out, everybody said it's just Dominion with a board. Um, but something about this game clicks with me, and I adore it. And I, the reason I put it on the list is I have played it with three and four, and it works great. But I played this mostly with two players. And it's just the great thing about Trains is if, uh, if you play Dominion or any deck builder. Um, I'm not big on deck builders as a thing, but I enjoy Dominion okay, for Jerry. simplicity. What was that? I said, okay, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like deck builders. Deck let, builders. Let me tell you about this one. It's great. Deck builder. <laughs> yeah. No. I've realized I don't like that many deck. Like I don't like I don't care for um. Oh, what's this? The system the Marvel game uses that everybody loves. Legendary. Yeah, legendary. Where they're just locking a line. I yeah. like the way Dominion does it, where all the cards are out there, and you can actually have some strategy because you know what's in the game. Uh, that's the way Trains does it. All the cards are available from the start that are in this game, and you decide what you want to buy. But the reason it's fun is because. You're, as you're building, you can kind of grow as crazy as you want to, you know, build rail lines, uh, get big points. But these waste cards are getting in your deck the more you build. And so if you're being kind of greedy and trying to push things forward too fast, you'll draw your five cards and it's all crap. It's just junk. And that might sound terrible, but I enjoy that mechanic because getting rid of the waste itself is kind of satisfying because you can use, you can use your turn to destroy all the waste in your hand. So if you actually draw a hand that's all waste cards, it's actually kind of cool because you can just flush them out of your game. Um, But it is technically like Dominion with a board, but I think the board is why it pushes it beyond Dominion for me. Um, It's just simple route building, trying to connect routes on the board with trains. But my wife really enjoys it. Um, It's, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I enjoy it so much. The artwork is it's not photographs, but it almost just looks like photographs. Like it's not that attractive of a game, um, but it's so smooth. And with two players, but time, by the time you've discarded your hand and drawn back up to five, it's like your turn. Like, okay. Like literally it's, it's so quick with two players. Um, Let's see. Oh, there are specific maps for uh, two players as well. So I think that's why I cheated and included it. Um, Cause it is a little wide open on the, standard maps but trains i think is a game that probably anybody can enjoy it's it's one of those games that uh you can literally why i keep saying literally that literally annoys me (laughs) you can play it on a weeknight after work and feel like you've played a real game but it takes about 30 minutes so you can play two games on a weeknight reasonably i came so close to buying it many many times when it first came out because i i have never played dominion but we have yeah. played several deck builders and uh, trains was, I remember uh, several, it was, you know, it was pretty popular and had good reviews. So I was like, I want to yeah. get trains, but I never, ever got it. And then they come out with a couple of different expansions for it. Uh, yeah. But then, yeah, I, I, star realms. I, I, I had, it's not on my list nowhere, but that's a good two player deck builder. And it's about, that's about the speed of deck builder. I, like. I mean, it's just super streamlined, straightforward yeah. deck builder. And I, I like Star yeah. Realms, and I, I'm i sure tra- Trains is more involved than that. But uh, It's more involved, but that is why I enjoy it. Because once you start playing, it's there's not a lot of fluff there. It's just you're just playing, playing, playing. 
have you played a deck builder that has like the tableau of cards and everybody sees them so you can choose what you purchase? Because I really do. To me, that's the Star only Realms? way I do. Star Realms is like that, ain't it? Is it like that? Yeah, I've you play out the cards in the middle. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I've played Marvel Legendary. And see, the Marvel Legendary, I don't know what it is. I just... It didn't do much for me. Yeah, it didn't do much for me either. Like the, I liked the, having the 15 cards or whatever's in the game. I am looking forward to, uh, we did have Don Gilstrap on with his backyard chickens, which will be on Kickstarter August 24th. Uh, I saw several people playing it. You like these, you know, previews, reviews, and I'd like to give it a try. I I, I don't, deck builders aren't super engaging, but I like them because they are so simple and they're easy to teach. They're very family friendly usually. I would recommend you try trains because it does give you that goal to strive for like there's a point there's a point to the deck building you want to build your trains out on the board you know and you have to do the deck building to get what you need so i don't know i think that's why i enjoy it so much it kind of gives you a point to the deck building instead of just playing cards playing cards so that's my number eight it's a great four-player game but i mostly played it too so i cheated that's fine i'll allow it number seven my number seven is fields of arl but ooh uh it's it's great it's it's farming uh, you got chickens you got cows actually you don't have chickens you got cows horses sheep uh you're building things you're building wagons to ship your furs and pelts off it's a it's just a very pleasant cozy game to play fields mm-hmm. of arl i wanted to cheat so bad and put this on but i've only played it solo so far I, it's the exact have- same game and see, that's why I felt like I could cheat because it is the same game. You could. It's literally the but. same game. The only thing you can't do in the solo is in the two-player, one person can go to the other season first and once. So oh, yeah. like, if you don't like any of your options, I can go from the summer. I can take a winter season action while we're in the summer, and then that cuts off the other opponent from doing that action. And then when you're in the winter, you can go to the summer action once. And it that also trades back and forth the first player. But other than that, the solo is identical. I, I played it more solo than two player, but it, it literally gives you the same feel. Yeah, it's just it was such a smooth game, and I've waited long enough now. I probably would have to refresh myself, but to have such a ridiculous number of worker placement spots, I and mean, what is it, thirty or forty? Like <laughs> I counted up one time, it was like thirty six or something different locations yeah. you can go to. But it's so smooth. Yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, I'm sure I'd love it two players. There's no reason I wouldn't, like you said. Um, so my number seven is a much lighter game than that. And it's another game that claims it plays two to four or even five. But it is a two to three player game. And it's best at two. And it's called, uh, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. Chinka Terra. C-I-N-Q-U-E-T-E-R-R-E. Chinka Terra. It's about that actual, I think it's an Italian city. I know Mike Delisio has talked about it. He's like the only other person I've heard talk about it. Yeah. It's a super colorful board. It's about uh, um, these fruit trucks that are going around this city, um, delivering fruit to different locations. It's just so pretty to look at. It was uh, Chris Handy who did the uh, little Pekka Games series. They look like packs of gum. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he got kind of popular on those. Like the Mintworks or whatever? I don't know if he did Mintworks or not. It was a whole... There's like 12 of them. They're called Pack of Games. Oh, okay. Um, there's like Shh and Bus and I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Those are cool. They're cool for what they are. But this I thought was a great game. And I don't think it sold at all, which is really a shame. 
it is a pick up and deliver game, which is a, I don't have many pick up and deliver games except for the railways of the world series. Um, but this one is like a kind of a family weight pick up and deliver game. And I can't remember why it's not great with four, but it just, and everybody agrees. It just shines with two. Um, and it's, it's simple, but it's another one of those games that it's enough to satisfy on a weeknight. You feel like you've really played a game. Now, I imagine someone like Jerry or even yourself might play it and think there's just not enough to it. I don't know, though. Y'all appreciate a game that's it's streamlined and simple as long as there is something. Yeah. It, I've, yeah. And th- that's what this is. It's just it is just pick up and deliver set collection, I guess, order fulfillment. But it just works so well. And your decisions matter a lot. There is luck. Um, and it's a beautiful game. And I think it's probably overpriced now. So I'll just stop talking about it because nobody's probably going to be able to get it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've vaguely heard. Uh, yeah, I, I know the area you're talking about, but I don't I don't know that I've heard of the game a whole lot. Yeah, most people haven't. It has comes with these little wooden colored trucks and the colors are like pastels. It's such a cool looking game. Uh, cool or dreadful, I guess, depending who you are. But I think it's cool looking. That was my number seven. So what's your number six? Uh, I've played this only on Tabletop Simulator, which I hate, but it's so it's that. so easy and smooth. It worked out okay. Jerry has the physical copy, which we have yet to ever play together. <laughs> Blitzkrieg, World War II oh. in 20 minutes. It is, I, I love this game. Uh, Paolo Mori, I think is the guy that is the yeah. designer. It's it's a uh, like a bag builder area influence. It's it's a very interesting game. It's very take that at the same time. I mean, it's a war game, so uh, but it's so unique. You can solo this as well. I haven't ever soloed it. I've only like I said, we played it on tabletop similar. Like we just had one day where we just basically played this like all day long, and man, yeah. it was good, so good and. And for Tabletop Simulator, that's saying a lot for me because I've <laughs> played several games on there. I played that Dwellings of Eldervale or whatever, but everybody yeah. absolutely raves about. I couldn't stand that game, but it probably was having to operate the computer to yeah. drag stuff across this stupid thing on my screen. But I think I would lose my mind. I think I'd snap. <laughs> I think this game had it where like it had things that would actually click in place. The way they had it set up. Okay. So it worked out pretty good, but I, I had a really good time playing Blitzkrieg. I when this game first came out, I looked into it and I just thought it sounded fantastic. And it was impossible to get at the time. Yeah. And now it's probably impossible to get again because I forgot about it. Yeah. So I definitely want to play that. Um my number six, I almost didn't want to put it on the list because I don't really get excited about games that are kind of just abstracts. But it would have been dishonest to not put this on the list because I think it's a modern classic and it's fun every time and it shines as a two-player game. It's another one you can play with more. But Azul, the original Azul specifically is just great, great two-player game. And something that hit me one day is why this is kind of the perfect two-player game for everyone having their collection. This is the quickest setup time of any game I know. And I, I didn't think about it at first, but you literally put out the five coasters and grab the bag of tiles. You're ready to go. There's nothing else, you know, give the bag a shake to make sure they're randomized. And Azul is, um, the way is pretty. It's got these, uh, what do they call it? Bake a lot. 
I, I don't know what it is. They're not porcelain tiles. But they're kind of like dominoes. Yeah. And they have pretty shapes and colors on them. Look like Starburst. But, yeah, like Starburst. They look chewable. That's right. Yeah, they're, they're they do look like Starburst. <laughs> but the game, um, I know the first time I played it, it was just not what I expected at all. But I've just grown to like it more each time. Um, it has two sequels that I think are probably better with three and four players. But the original is ideal at two. I think it's a game everyone should have in their collection. Um, there's no use to try to explain it because it's an abstract game that has no theme really. Um, but it's it's got tension constantly because there's always something you want and there's always a chance it's going to get taken from you. Um, and uh, yeah, I just enjoyed it a lot. So that's Azul. Yeah, I like Azul. It's, it's one of those that... It's a multiplayer, but it scales very well. And I just assume play is that's a, with a lot of multiplayer games. It's like I just assume play it too because I want my turn to come faster. So yeah, let's just play two players. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I found a lot of games that are like two to five players lose a little bit at two players, but if it doesn't, yeah, I would just assume play with two because you're not losing anything. No, nah. especially if you don't care about people. I mean, and everybody's dead to me, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number five. Uh, keeping with the war theme, Undaunted Normandy. I have we haven't uh, played the North Africa, but Normandy is. Oh, I love this game. It, it's just rolling die, taking shots. It also is a deck builder in a kind of way. Uh, you have, and it's one versus one. One's the Allies, one's the Germans, and. It's got different scenarios, different setups with the way you, uh, the little variable tiles you set up that is the land. They're just square cards, I think, but it's got a book of different setups. I haven't played too many different kinds, but we played with the, the first couple, like the beginner and the one after that. Then me and Deej uh, from Disagreeable Nerd, check out Disagreeable Nerd Podcast. Uh, we played five stars the, on iTunes. We played <laughs> rate us five stars on iTunes. We played the uh, sniper one, and Deej was the sniper, and he just wiped me out. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to. It was a little bit harder to roll. I think the way he, you, the number he had to hit was a little more difficult, but it just had so much power when he hit you, he was out. Uh, it, it, it's a fun game. I love Undaunted Normandy, and I really want to play North Africa because I think. They made some slight tweaks to it that maybe even made it better. I just, I've heard nothing but good things about North Africa, but uh, Undaunted Normandy is an excellent two-player game. I've heard so much good about this. And is it comparable to Memoir, Memoir 44 and heaviness, or is it a heavier game than that? Or No, it's lighter than that. Oh, okay. Or equal to. It's, it's, you're just playing a card, and you have like little your discs that, represent your people yeah. you have your like your guys carrying rifles you have a maybe a sniper or you've got your scouts and you just move them around on the board and it's okay. it it's very it's very low it's, it's a quick setup time too other than oh. once you figure out the setup you're using but yeah there's uh i would say memoir 44 might be heavier but this one's very very smooth cool I definitely want to check that out. I love the box cover artwork. I'm not sure if the artwork in the game is as good, but um, let's see. My number five. So I have some lighter ones in here, and this was another example of 
honest about the games I enjoy the most tend to be a little heavier than, for example, the game I'm about to mention, but also how good are they as a two-player game? And I felt like I had to put this one in here, in here and that's Lost Cities. Wow. Lost Cities is the classic. Um, and I feel like it's had a renaissance here lately. Uh, like it's still almost as popular as it was back when I got it, however long ago that was, probably 13, 14 years ago. I think they just um, re republished it. I think you're right with, yeah, slightly new artwork. There's several versions now too, but I'm just talking about Lost Cities, you know, the card game. Yeah. Now there's a dice game and a full-size board game and a rolling right game. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard the board game isn't all that. I've heard that too. It yeah. kind of makes it like two on two or, but yeah, I, this is one of my <laughs> wife's favorite games to play. The thing about Lost Cities is like another game that almost made my list. Um, uh, Can't Stop. I don't think you can improve on Can't Stop because they've tried. I don't think you can improve on Lost Cities because it's so simple, but every single time you play, it's tense. It's um, It comes in a small square box from Cosmos, or at least it was Cosmos. It probably still is. Um, it has colorful cards and good artwork. But truly, there is no theme. I mean, the theme is you're going on expeditions in the jungle. But you could just play with a deck of cards with colors and numbers. But it's just brilliant. And it's a very mathematical game, but my wife says she hates math and she loves this game. So um, it's probably more than any game I can think of, at least for a game that plays in like 20 minutes. The tension of praying literally to whatever deity you might believe in that your opponent doesn't take that card you want. And they do every single time. Um, and also the feeling of guilt, but also kind of laughing when you take the card, you know, they were waiting for. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just a great game. Lost City should absolutely be in everybody's collection unless you never play two-player games. So Lost Cities, buy it should still be cheap because it's been reprinted. I I like Lost Cities a lot, but if I was to choose between it and another similar style to me, I would choose the Shot and Totten. I don't know. Is that on yes. your list? You it, know what? I think I forgot about it. I have Battle Line. I actually prefer Shot and Totten. Oh, yeah. Battle, Battle Line, Shot and Totten. Same, same card I, play. But I think I wrote that down and forgot about it because that might have made my list. I, I like, <laughs> it's a good game. I like. It kind of has like this poker thing to it three of a kind and yeah it's it's got it's interesting but i like to me the the shot and tottener battle line gives me a little more of that feeling yeah. of tension than lost cities i like lost cities a lot but it does seem like at least with me and gina it becomes very clear to the two of us well these are the colors i'm going for and she's going for and there might be yeah. that third one we kind of fight over uh, but that's just maybe just our style of play, but, but I enjoy it a lot, but that kind of seems the way it goes. And then it's just kind of like a race to who can get rid of their hand the fastest, but I really like shot and tot, which I had on my list, but it didn't quite make my top 10, but yeah. And lost cities is one of those games that if I was making a top 10 list of my favorite games, it probably wouldn't make it, but I have great memories of playing it specifically at two. And it's just, it's always I don't know. It's just always worked well. And I keep thinking it's going to get old after a while because it is just the same thing over and over. Yeah. But yeah, for some reason it hasn't. Um, so it's one of those, I felt like I needed to put high on the list to be honest. Uh, but it is a little, it's very simple. It's not the kind of game you're going to center a game night around. It's the kind of game you play, Yeah. put out on the dining table and play it, you know? 
So number four. Number four talked about recently on uh, board game snobs, Star Wars Destiny. Mm. It's a dead card game. It was once living <laughs> dead. Uh, it's a card <laughs> and dice, depending on what cards you got. The cards that you leave in play usually have dice with them. Card playing, dice rolling, you're shooting, you're uh, meleeing, you're looking for shields or credits to buy your cards with. For a card game, it is very thematic, like you said about Lord of the Rings, because, like Jerry said, what there's you know if you're a Jedi, there's some cards you can like pull out of your deck, you know, and mm -hmm. it's the way they theme the cards and have the actions and abilities of the cards is very thematic to what you're doing. You have, you can choose either the light side or the dark side. Then you have your neutrals. There's like three or four different colors within those that they have cards that go, you know, work together with their abilities and stuff. But basically you're fighting either two or three people, two main characters or three main characters against each other. There's a point system where you like choose up to 30 points worth of character. Uh, but it's, it's very simple. You pick your deck, you can create your own deck, which is the part that Jerry enjoys very much. I liked the deck that just came to me pre-built. I like being able to manipulate that a little bit, but I'm not real good with like, oh, this is what I need. And, but that is a big thing with these, I guess, these living card games when they're living is building <laughs> your deck and making the cards that work together very well. But as I've played it, I've gotten better at like, okay, I don't need so many of this style of card. I need to add in a little bit more of this style of card. Uh, but man, it's a fun game. And the dice are just absolutely incredible. They're big. They're chunky. Ah, I just love Star Wars Destiny. It has a great look to it. Um, I've never messed with any of the living stuff besides Lord of the Rings, just out of respect for my bank account. But... <laughs> Yeah, no, it, I, uh, when this was, was alive, and you can still buy stuff. That's what Jerry said. He bought some more stuff here recently, super cheap, because nobody's buying it. They can get like stuff for yeah. cents on the dollar. But I have, I probably have enough cards for four different, you know, separate people. So I'm good. I had like two or three of the different starter sets that came with it. I'm good to go and just mix and match within yeah. those decks to create what I want. And it's just a lot of fun. Cool. So my number four is, um, is another one of those games that if, if, uh, if you're wanting geek cred these days, for whatever reason, you don't mention this game. Um, but being honest again, my wife being my primary two player game partner, we just this game has provided so much joy, really the series. But the one I picked because it's only two or three players is Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries. And the thing about Ticket to Ride is it's one of those games that after I played all the games I played, and if I'd never played it, and somebody's like, Hey, let's play this, I really can't tell you what I think about it, I'm not sure. But when I got into gaming, um, the original Ticket to Ride, I think, was. It, it, it was one of the new hot games that I bought. I remember that. And um, and so I enjoyed it. And my wife, when we went on our first date, and this is a long way to get around to this, um, I don't know what I was thinking, but I apparently mentioned that I love board games to her. And she admitted to me later 
that she was kind of nervous about that because she's like her experience with board games was like these group party games where everybody just acts like idiots Yeah, or monopoly, which she thought, well, like most gamers do now was way too long and boring and lucky. Um, but she played ticket to ride was the first quote unquote serious board game. She played with me and she immediately loved it. And she said, it actually, I think made her more <laughs> comfortable in our relationship because she's like, oh, he's not a crazy person. This is actually really cool. <laughs> um, and we've played most of the versions since then. Uh, Nordic Countries is just great because it is a fierce, tight map. It's meant for two or three players. We've played it with two mostly, of course. It's also got a Christmassy feel to it, so we love to play it around Christmas time. I unapologetically just enjoy Ticket to Ride every time I play it. I don't. I know there's a lot of luck. There's a lot of drawing cards. But I know for a fact there's also a lot of skill involved because I have been destroyed myself at people who are actually really good at the game who played a lot more than I have. Um, but yeah, I just enjoy it. And um, I think Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries, if it's still available, if you mostly play with two players, it's probably the one to get. It's yeah. also got cool purple trains. So I, I've starting when we started in board gaming ticket to ride the course is one of your earlier purchases and i enjoy it it's fine especially starting off now i don't care that much for it but i never have played any of the other ticket to rides which i know some of them add more mechanics and i know in nordic countries that is the one i've heard like if it's a smaller map so it's tighter so two players or three players good with that one but i'd be willing to try them especially the uh was it marklin there's one of them that's supposed to be yeah Real Marklin pretty adds gamey. a whole pick up and deliver mechanic. Yeah, I would. I'd like to try those, but course, I think it's out of print. The Pennsylvania UK expansion is a good deal because it comes with two maps. The Pennsylvania side adds a simple stock market system, and the UK side, it's probably might be the most complex of all the ticket rides. It adds a whole. That's right. Whole heard, thing. To I, I remember when those come out; those were real popular. Uh, so if you have, well, you probably don't have ticket ride anymore. But if you do, that's a good deal. That expansion is. But yeah, um, I, you know, the original Ticket to Ride is kind of big and open for two, but we always enjoyed it anyways. But Nordic Countries is great if you have just somebody to play with. And it's a great partner game. Um, I don't know. There's, some, there's something kind of romantic about just beautiful artwork and old-timey map and trains. Romantic isn't the right word, but charming. <laughs> candles playing. and wine while you're at it. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's how babies come. I mean, <laughs> that's how you got that first one. You got <laughs> yeah. how many kids? You got one. Yeah, just one. Did it? Was yeah. it soon after a game of Ticket to Ride? I think it was. Yeah, Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yep. we'll never play that game again then. <laughs> yes, I got to burn it. It's contraceptive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, so that was number four. So number three, uh, Star Wars, backed up by another Star Wars Rebellion. Oh, yeah. I have not played this game. I think we've only played it twice. It's big. It's not easy to learn. Jerry bought the, the he bought the expansion. This is supposed to fix the combat. But unless you have some time to sit down and separate all that stuff out and change out the cards and all that, it's a headache. But when we did play it, we did have it down. We're in the midst of it. This gave me... Probably me, if it's not my number one, it's at least in my top three gaming moments of all time. It was a last minute, 
Death Star run by Princess Leia. Jerry was just about to discover where our base was. We were just, it, it was just, it was an, this is the epic feel that most people search for in games. And I blew up the Death Star on like one of my last uh-huh. rolls of the dice. I literally jumped up out of my chair, ran around the living room, shouting and screaming. I, I don't do that for games. Like I, <laughs> I just don't know. But this was gave me that feeling. And oh man, I'm sure it can be a dud. Also, like if oh yeah, he found my base in three moves or something. <laughs> but when it hits, it hits good. And man, it was a fun game. Nice. I've gone back and forth about wanting a big box Star Wars game because I really don't have one. And this is one that I've definitely looked at probably the most. But yeah, I've not really played any of the Star Wars in a box games, you know, the ones that really capture Star Wars. Um, this is the only one we've yeah. played out of. We have Imperial Assault, never played it. Uh, or Armada. I don't forget. There's a lot I think of there's them. There's both, yeah. But this is the, besides Destiny, this is the one we've played in. It's very good. Nice minis. It's a very nice game, but it is a lot of overhead to learn. Yep, that's a, that's a detriment uh, when you have an offspring from playing Ticket Ride Nordic Country. <laughs> uh, but my number three is another game that uh, technically plays two to four, but I don't feel like a cheat at all because it is it is a two to three player game as far as I'm concerned, and I've mostly only played it with two. And everybody pretty much agrees with that. It's it's best at two, still good at three. And that's Grand Austria Hotel. I I just love this game. Um, it may not be an obvious choice for a two-player list, but it is perfect at two. And I love to find a game that it's like a you know medium-weight Euro-style game that feels like it was tailor-made for two players. Because me and my wife, I mean, that's still how I mostly play games. We have game nights occasionally, but... So to get a game and it sacrifices nothing for two players. Um, in fact, I thought it was built as a two-player game. Um, the reason I don't, I, I have no interest to ever play it with four. I played it with three and it was good. I still think it's best at two, but it's just like you were saying earlier. It adds nothing to the experience except a lot of time when you add more players. Yeah, There's no advantage to playing this with four or three even really. But but uh, yeah, Grand Austria Hotel. I mean, it's a it's a... It's a heavier game, I mean, compared to, obviously, some of the ones I've talked about. But it's so smooth. Um, it somehow incorporates the joy of dice rolling and dice drafting, I guess, but without really feeling like a game that has much luck. There's not a whole lot of luck to it. Um, but you're collecting these foods to feed your customers who are out in your cafe so they'll be happy enough to go up to the room, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. I guess it's a European thing. <laughs> but you feed them and food? they get sleepy, so they need somewhere to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once you fill their bellies, they'll go up to their rooms. <laughs> their blood sugar's yeah. overloaded. They, they're falling. Yes. They're, 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 uh, yeah, they're falling asleep, so they need somewhere to go. So you send them up to the rooms with their partners and their copy of Ticket to Ride. And, uh, <laughs> Pre-diabetic now because of the coffee and cake. And, uh, yeah, it's just you have to organize your hotel room. So you have you want to collect. It's hard to explain, but you want certain colors of rooms together. You once the rooms are occupied, you flip the tiles over to show it's occupied and they, they can score. There's lots of bonuses. Most There's people sort do of score a, when the room is occupied. Yes. <laughs> 
especially with that copy of Ticket to Ride, as we keep saying. <laughs> is your um, kid's name Sven or something like that? What was that? Is your child's name Sven or Magnus? <laughs> no, Alan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, um, it's hard to explain why I enjoy this game so much, but to me, it's it's this weird game that has a theme that's technically dry, but I love the hotel theme. Like I prefer that over more trading spices or zombies, you know, even uh, the hotel theme is just kind of underdone. And I think the theme works well. I really um, like it. Do you, do you, yeah. How do you feel about the, uh, all those cards that give you like the extra bonuses or in-game points? Uh, do you find those can be a little too swingy or overpowered? They are strong, and that that would be the heaviest. I, I would say that is the heaviest luck element because you're sometimes just going to get better cards than the other person. Yeah. Um, I wish they could do something about those cards, either reduce them or take them out of the game completely because I find that to be the only part of this game I really don't care for. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I think maybe the reason it works for me is because strictly as a two-player game, once you know it well, it doesn't actually feel, I mean, it still feels kind of heavy, but it's not like a hard game to play. So I guess I'm okay with a little swingy, but I, I could see that. And I do feel like maybe I've had one game where I felt like it was just, that was too much the deciding factor. Usually I feel like you have a chance to draw enough cards. I feel like it kind of evens out, but yeah, yeah, there's times I've wondered. Yeah. But I don't think, it, I, yeah. I, I don't think it, it, it probably doesn't affect it that often that many times, right. but there was, there's been at least a couple games where one of us, I played a four player game with it with some friends of mine and like the guy to the left of me had like all these, he like had all the end game scoring cards and I had none of them, like maybe one. And he just blew us away at the end with those cards. And I was like, but gameplay wise, I was doing all right. But at the end, it just didn't matter. So I don't know. We played, um, Raccoon Tycoon, which is a game I really enjoy, and I think y'all enjoyed that too. Having, having yeah, that's a good it. one. Uh, I got the expansion, which I'll talk about that some other time. It's, there's some things about that that really frustrate me. Uh, it's, it's one of those Kickstarter expansions, and it wasn't exactly compatible with the retail version of the game, but it didn't say that anywhere. Huh. Anyways, they made it right, but that was just frustrating. But uh, yeah, there was there were some in-game tiles in there. I won the game we played last night, but there was a couple tiles that I felt a little guilty. Like this seems like a little, the buildings, um, like this seems a little too good. You know, I don't know. Like I have a hard time. How do you know? Like, is it, is it fair? Yeah. Are there other things that can counteract it? But yeah, sometimes you just get that feeling. So I know what you're talking about. But yeah, my number three is Grand Austria Hotel. I think it's fine for three, but it's perfect at two. And I personally wouldn't play it with more than three. So I think it fits a two player list for me. So number two, my number two is a game that I have only been able to play a couple times because it's pretty, it's, it's basically a war game, but in space. And it's a revamped version called Talon 1000. Oh, wow. I don't think I've heard of this. It's basically, this is what you want your Star Trek game to be, but I guess they couldn't get the IP to Star Trek. <laughs> you have all these different types of ships with all different types of weaponry, all different types of maneuverability, and it's just hex movement or grid movement, whatever you want to call it. 
and you're just going after each other and you're marking stuff off. And once you shoot your weapons, well, then you can't, you have to rev them back up to fire them again. It reminds me when I was growing up, I bought this game. I had no idea. I was 10 years old. No idea what I was doing, but it looked cool. And I love Star Trek. I bought Star Trek Starfleet Academy Combat Simulator or something. And it was just these little, it had all of the Star Trek ships in it, but it just came with this book and you had shields and tons of chits and, you know, your phasers and torpedoes and, you know, this side has shields and that's, this game is basically that it's a little more streamlined than that game was. This game was a blast to me. I don't know. I think it, I think it is just two player. If it goes more than that, I don't know, but it's by GMT Talon 1000. My God, I had a fun time. Me and Jerry just space battling in with this game. Uh, it's very difficult. It limits you a lot in what you can do. I mean, like you can either just barely move or you can barely shoot, you know, so it's very restrictive in that way that makes it good and very tension filled. I, I wrote that down because I'm pretty sure I've never heard of it or even seen anything about it. So that's great. <laughs> um, that's kind of a shame. Cause I don't know if there's that many great Star Trek games. It's a shame. They couldn't get the license. Yeah, I know it's, it's, but, it, I've heard a lot good things about that. What's the big one? Yeah. Star Trek something. I forget. Is it fleet Academy? No. Well, I've heard some things about, but no, this is the one. Uh, oh my God. It doesn't I, matter. I, anyway, it's like massive yeah. game and, I would love to have it, but we would never play it because it's too much. Yeah. I came to the same conclusion about the Firefly game. You know, I'd love to have it because I really, really loved Firefly, but I've heard it's just really long and sprawling. I just don't think we'd ever play it. Yeah. But <clears throat> my number two, you know, hearing your list, I'm I'm kind of wondering if uh, I'm kind of like my list is a little bit inferior because so many of my games on here are not just two players. But again, my favorite two-player games tend to be kind of the medium-weight Euro-style games that are just optimized for two players. Because so many of them, I don't think, are. Um, but Underwater Cities is my number two. I've never played it before, and I'd, I you would. You don't want to. You don't want to. Yeah. Unless you want See, a five-hour game. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have played it with three several times, and it is just fine with three. But again there's nothing gained from playing a two player game and a two player game is a very reasonable length. Um, and three player, you flip the map over, don't you? Two players on the one side, the solo and two players, uh, the one yes. side. And then once you yeah. go over that, you flip it over to more spaces. So I agree. Yeah, I this right. is what I, yeah. this almost made my list for this very reason. I just assume yeah. play it two player. Uh, this is probably after the Lord of the Rings living card game, which I've just spent a stupid amount of money on because of the amount of stuff. Underwater Cities does have one overpriced expansion, which I got. But I've also, it's my most upgraded game. I just decided I like this game so much that I'd rather spend another 50 bucks upgrading all the pieces than buying another game. And it's one of the few times I don't regret wasting that money because I, I love I love the game. I love all the pieces. Um, Wait, what, what game are you talking about? Underwater Cities. Underwater oh, cities. Okay. I'm like, am I confused? Okay, we were talking about that with the expansions thing. <laughs> I was thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it has the, uh, like, the discoveries so right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. But 
this, I don't know, for me, it ticks all the boxes of, it's got the card play that's sort of this more modern, I don't know, like Euro games didn't used to have this like exciting fast card play, I don't think. That's something that feels more modern. You know, games like Terraforming Mars, it has that where you're building up this sort of engine of cards. But I just love when you finish the game and you've built something um, and you get your own board and you've built tunnels and domed cities and um it's a game where i just feel accomplished even if i lose um it's it's a heavier game like it's it's another one that i feel like is just so smooth i don't really i kind of forget how heavy it is i mean obviously it's not heavy compared to like uh war games you know your average war game but it's pretty heavy as far as a euro game goes but it just works so well and even the theme works well that i think once you played it a few times it's such a smooth game but it is one of those games with so much going on that nobody seems to recommend it at four players. So that's, I guess, a big detriment to some people. But at two, it's just a fantastic game. Underwater Cities. And I do recommend the expansion, even though it costs like 55 bucks, <sighs> because it, it basically upgrades the components and it has expansion stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number two. So we're at number one. My number one. Oh, actually, I looked up Talent 1000 real quick. It says one to six. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so you can solo it or you can play with six player. I guess it's just a big fleet battle. I don't know. But to me, huh. again, same thing. Just one on one. But my number one game would be a one versus many, depending if you want to play it that way. But I don't like playing. It's fine. But one on one letters from Whitechapel. Uh-huh. I love hidden movement. Uh, this is another one of those games where I've had, there's not many games I get super excited playing and feel actual tension, but the games I play of this where I just know Jack the Ripper is right there beside me, but I just don't know where. And you ask for, it's like, do I, you can either clue to see if he's been there or if you think he's there, you can arrest. But if you arrest the wrong spot, then you you don't it, it. I don't know if you played. You played it. I haven't. I was going to say the closest I come is Scotland Yard, which I okay. love. So I need to play a more modern hidden movement. So game. you can ask for clues in which you can ask up to three different spots. Problem is, you won't know if he's there or not. You'll just know if he's been through there. Whereas you can arrest one location. But that's it. You can't arrest more than one location. So uh, you have to be pretty sure he's in the spot you know he's at. So as it comes down to that whole thing, it's like you've narrowed it down. I'm pretty sure he's here. But if not, it's the end of my turn. And then he'll move. And it's just the tension and letters from Whitechapel. I absolutely love. If you put on the background some of the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes music to even add some ambiance. Oh, man, I love this game. I, I definitely need to play it. I love Scotland Yard. Um, it's I'm sure it's a much simpler game, but the tension, like it's just it's almost unbearable if you're the one hiding, especially. <laughs> um, but and I don't know how similar this is, but it's definitely a more modern head movement game. Have you played Hunt for the Ring? It's the Lord of the Rings head no, movement game. But I, yeah, I really I've heard of it a lot. <laughs> I haven't haven't played it yet. I'm just curious if I should open the box. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I hear yeah, it's a whole hidden movement thing. Yeah. Well, my number one is definitely going back to the lighter end of things. Um, but there's a lot of reasons I had to put this as number one. And it is finally a two-player only game, which is one reason it beat out my last couple games, because it's legit. And that's Morales. 
Morales, the mushroom foraging card game. Um, and I'm not big on games that are just cards. Usually I like a board in a board game, but Morales is just a game that my wife and I just fell in love with. It, it transports us. Neither one of us, she doesn't even like mushrooms. Neither one of us have ever foraged for mushrooms, but it transports us to walking in the woods and, and cooking up the mushrooms. It's just so clever how it works. Um, basically it's a card game where you have a line of cards and I know I've seen some games do this, I think after Morales, maybe some did it before, but it's a line of cards and you can pick either of the two cards that are at your feet, which just means the first two cards in the row, which would be the oldest cards, but you can pay forging sticks, which in the original edition of the game was actual little wooden forging sticks that the designer of the game whittled down himself by hand <laughs> and, and stuck in the game, which makes it more special. And the more forging sticks you pay, you can pick a card further up the line. Um, so there's this push your luck element of waiting for the right card to come out. You know, you've got a strict hand limit to deal with. When you're cooking up the mushrooms, the more valuable mushrooms and the more you have at a time, because you have to use up a pan, which is another resource. And again, the original edition of the game came with these little frying pans that were plastic frying pans. Um, so there's just a lot of decisions and tension in this game. Uh, the artwork for that original edition was just so beautiful. It was picked up, um, I think, by a bigger company, and they redid the artwork. Um, I didn't like the artwork as much, but I still recommend the game. And the designer, Brent Povis, which might be another reason this game just looms high in my mind. He's a great guy. Um, a I'm fun not guy. To reach his... He's a fun guy. He really is. Um I don't really reach out to designers or anyone. I mean, as you know, you had to invite yourself on the show because um, yeah. <laughs> I just don't reach out to people. I don't know why, but for some reason we ended up getting in contact and uh, just had a lot of conversations. Um, when I bought the uh, expansion for the game, he signed the pieces. Just such a, a wonderful guy, uh, two lantern games. He makes games specifically for two players. Um, he also did a game called agility, which is about, uh, the agility courses for dogs, um, which is an odd theme for a game, but it's also a great game. But I think Morales is sort of, um, it's one of those games that deserves to be a classic. I think it's, it's not quite as simple as Lost Cities, but I think it deserves to be in that same status. I, I do think it's that good. Um, but it's got more going on, so I enjoy it more than Lost Cities, personally. Um, yeah, I, I could blather about this game for ages. It is sort of, it's a sentimental game for me and my wife. Uh, we have a lot of good memories with it, um, but I think it is just that good of a card game. It's two players. It has an expansion, which I have not played with enough to comment on, but it has a lot of content. It's a, it's a good one. Morales. Never, I've, I've heard of it, never played it, but I, I'd yeah. like to give it a shot. I mean, I don't know if, you know, you and Jerry, I don't know if it would bring the same charming romantic feelings no, there's life, some but. games that, yeah, not me and Jerry, but me and uh, Chardonnay or Gina could yeah. give it a shot. Yeah, it's yeah, I think it's well worthwhile. And I think it's still in print. Like I said, I feel like they redid the art, and it was still really good art, but that original was just quaint, quaint in the best way possible. Yeah, I feel like I just yeah. saw this maybe on Cool Stuff or somewhere, but I think they may have redone it or published it again or something. Cool. It, sh it should stay in print. It's good. Wow. Well, that was... Uh, I feel like your list made sense. Like it's, you know, a normal person's list. Mine was kind of all over the place, but I think people could find 
quite a variety of two-player games with these. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say I, I had Jaipur, but it didn't quite make the list. Uh, I've holy had cow. Targi. Wow. It didn't quite make the list. <laughs> King is Dead is one that plays more than two-player, but... I believe it's best at two player and it's, and it's an amazing brain burning game, but yeah, uh, I did the whole put meeple ranking thing. I'm like, Oh, well I would choose this over that. So yeah, that's how I do my top 10. Maybe I should have done that because Jaipur is a, uh, is another great one that, um, my number eight is Jaipur, not trains because trains <laughs> is really trains is a great two to four player game. It doesn't belong on this list. Uh, Jaipur is my number eight. Yep, there you go. Card game. Yep. Targi revisionist history game I've had not played. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's on board game arena. You, you need to check that out. It's got a bunch of those. Have you been on I there? Do. I haven't. Uh, the closest I've come is when you and Jerry invited me to play, uh, was it Yokohama? Oh yeah. And, uh, it's like, I need to do it. And then I didn't do it. <laughs> it's, I love board game arena. I hate tabletop simulator and tabletopia, yeah. but board game arena is just point and click. And it, Keeps track of everything for you. They got a lot of good games on there now. And it's got Jaipur. It's got Hanamakoji. No, maybe it does. No. Anyway, it's got a bunch of good stuff on there. So uh, I proposed to my wife immediately after playing a game of Jaipur. So I was really sad that I forgot that one. Oh, that's yeah. devastating. Yeah, it really is. That should be your number yeah. one. It really it would have it been up there. I, and then I, I guess Country's I number two. I looked right over it somehow. So that's another disappointing episode of Cardboard Cave. Um, check out Board Game Snobs podcast. Once you do, you probably won't come back here because it's way more entertaining. What is what? How'd you get Cardboard Cave? It doesn't sound very structurally sound. <laughs> a little bit of rain. It's just going to be a pile of cardboard. Probably because I, the basement here made me think of a cave and just cardboard because board games oh okay but i found it was a terrible choice because if you try googling cardboard cave you find kids who've made caves out of cardboard <laughs> um, nothing to do with board games at all you will not so, see yeah. travis's name on there anywhere no 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 travis just uh yeah a bunch of babies made after ticket ride but um go. i don't think i have anything else but seriously check out board game snobs and um check us out check them out the fans only page is fantastic. Mm. If you like, um, <laughs> if you like uh, hairy feet, yes. Um, Enrique, uh, yeah, he's he was really featured on there with his arms. Really <laughs> featured, nice. yes. Featured, yeah. Um, hey, thanks for listening to Cardboard Cave. I'm going to cut this off before I say something I regret. All right. Um, thanks for having yeah. me on. Thank you very much.